Welcome to the RG Podcast Network and the RG Business Navigate series. This podcast presents topical global business stories that affect Bermuda. Series host Shivani Seth interviews business leaders and experts in finance, insurance, reinsurance, risk, accounting, and other business services. Enjoy the podcast. Welcome to the RG Business Navigate series podcast. I'm Shivani Sate and I'm your host. Today I welcome three guests who I'm about to introduce to you to discuss the trends in the captive industry. This is part three of the series and the final part. Very exciting to have three guests in the studio. In fact, I can't even quite call it the studio. We've had to replace ourselves downstairs so it's more of a panel discussion so let me introduce these wonderful guests so I have Yannick Miller the vice president at Aon Irish Alaria the associate director head of insurance and client accounting at Accorian and Tame Flood the assistant director insurance supervision at the BMA welcome to all three of my guests today thank, thank you, you for having us. thank you okay so let, let me ask you to introduce yourselves I've obviously announced who you are but um Anybody, let's start with you, perhaps, Timé. Exciting to have somebody from the BMA on a podcast for the first time. So welcome and let, let us know what you do. Thank you, Shivani. Um, good afternoon, everyone. My name is Timé Flood, Assistant Director in our Insurance Supervision Team at Bermuda Monetary Authority. Um, my role at the BMA is the oversight of the captive insurers registered here in Bermuda. Um, we are tasked with the review of the annual statutory financial returns, applications, um, we keep touch with the companies um, very regularly through meetings and ad hoc queries. Um, and overall, we are ensuring that the companies are operating above board in compliance with their requirements of their conditions. Um, I'm sorry, requirements of the Certificate of Registration, the Insurance Act and Regulations. And let me move on to Yannick now, please. Tell us about your role. Thank you, Shivani, and thank you for having us as well. My name is Yannick Miller, and I work within the client origination or business development team at Aon. Uh, I'm primarily responsible for the formation of entities, whether it be captive insurers or commercial entities, as well as I manage a portfolio of captive clients. Um, I've been with Aon now for approximately eight and a half years, and um, it's been an interesting role where my prior life at Aon was solely managing captive entities and now I'm helping companies form them. So okay. I basically have the pleasure of seeing the life cycle of a captive from start to finish. Okay, I'm going to remember that for later <laughs> when I question you. And finally, our, my final guest, Irish, please tell us about yourself. Thank you, Shavani. Um, my name is Irish Aleria. I'm an associate director and the head of insurance and client accounting in Aquarian Bermuda. I lead a team of accountants and account assistants who manage portfolios that include captive insurance companies. In this role, I provide oversight and manage relationships with captive and commercial insurance companies and assist with Bermuda statutory reporting and compliance, including economic substance requirements. I also assist the head of capital markets in business development. My team is also uh, providing listing services on the Bermuda Stock Exchange, primarily focusing on insurance link securities. I've been with Accorian for about five years, and I have over 16 years of combined experience in accounting, audit, and insurance. 
Thank you very much. All I know is the three of you do one hell of a lot of work during the day. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so we're here to talk about trends today. The Bermuda Captive Industry celebrated 60 years in 2022. So what's next? Has the captive industry reached its ceiling or is there more to offer? I would say far from that. I think that uh, we're seeing actually more momentum right now in the captive industry. And that's primarily because we're now in a hard market. So companies are struggling to get, uh, I would say, the the coverages that they would like at the rates that they would like. So uh, in those types of circumstances, that's where you see a lot of um, captive formations and also a lot of utilization of existing captives. So I, I would say that we're, we're nowhere near, um, I would uh, stopping or, or pausing as it relates to the Bermuda captive industry. And on top of that, Bermuda remains the leader in the captive industry as well. It was where captive was captives were birthed. Mm-hmm. This is where the concept started. And the we, we continue to see further innovations from the Bermuda Monetary Authority in terms of the different license classes that are there and responding to um, what the market has to hold in terms of any innovations, etc. So we're nowhere near finishing, and it's actually a very exciting time to be in okay. the captive industry. I yeah. can second that, actually. Um, based on the conversations we're having with the market and the new entrants, um, the commitment is there to the growth of the captive market. The companies are further exploring the use of the captives that they already have established and determining how they can even further um, enhance the utilization of those captives as a key risk management tool. Um, And also those new entrants, those that are looking to potentially establish a captive within Bermuda, um, the the interest is there. The conversations are held on a regular basis um, as they explore how to move forward with a captive solution. Okay. And if I may add, um, I would say 60 or 63 to be exact. Um, It's just the beginning um, of the golden age for me of Bermuda captive industry. Um, For me, with this industry at its prime, we have more to offer. And with a number of emerging risk and current hard market, the Bermuda captive industry can offer company solutions to mitigate new unique risk and address coverage gaps. Um, Bermuda, with its world-class regulator, large reinsurance market, and impressive talent pool, still has a lot to offer. And that's why it's likely that you know, re- Bermuda will remain the preferred domicile for captives. Oh, exciting times ahead. Lots more work for the BMA. Um, so, you know, the, what I've learned through these, this series and also previously interviewing Grania Richmond last year about the captive industry is that you certainly are associated more often than not with the commercial insurance industry. So I suppose my next question will be focused or directed to Yannick and Irish. Are the commercial insurance and captive insurance industries in competition or do they work together? I would say they work together. They're, they complement each other. Okay. What they, they actually do is they provide companies a way of deciding which solution works best for them. And it also allows them the ability to scale their business strategy as they enter the market, perhaps as a captive insurer. And then they per, as they build um, in terms of equity, as they uh, get more... Um, funds in within the captive yes. then they're able to grow into commercial insurer and then try uh, different types of risks being written within that vehicle okay and irish from your perspective sure so i totally agree with yannick um both commercial and captive insurance industries work alongside with each other 
and they both support companies with their risk management goals. So their relationship, you can call it parallel to the insurance market cycle. When it's hard market and the premiums are high, the captive insurance industry can provide a more affordable insurance coverage options. Inversely, when it's soft market and the premiums are on the low side, it may be more practical to purchase insurance coverage from the commercial insurers. Okay, thank you for that clarity. And to May, I'm coming over to you. So I understand that the BMA has bifurcated its regulatory framework between the captive and commercial insurance industry. Could you please elaborate a bit on this? Sure. The Bermuda Supervisory Framework for captive insurers is bifurcated from that of the commercial insurers. The captive regime is proportionate to the size and risk posed by the insurers in the sector, and the overall size and riskiness of these insurers are significantly different. This is why the supervisory framework is bifurcated, um, and it's important to emphasize this was one of the main reasons Bermuda was granted equivalence by the EU for Bermuda's commercial market sector without the need to capture captives and SBIs, the special purpose insurers, Um, The captives and SBRs are therefore subject to a different proportionate yet robust regulatory regime to ensure the requirements are commensurate with the risk being written. Okay, thank you. So just just to add to that as well, in conversations with prospects or different entrants into the the captive industry or I would say the Bermuda market, because there's a proportionality um, principle and the nature, scale and complexity is what is considered when applying the regulations and... and, um, what we've seen with a lot of, of companies is it just gives them that option of really making a decision at what works best for their business strategy. Okay. And the fact that we do have solvency to equivalence in Bermuda, um, it is a very, it, it does help us from a differentiator perspective. And also the fact that captives or limited purpose insurers are not viewed the same as commercial insurers okay. where solvency to is, is not applied to the captive insurers. It does differentiate us from other domiciles as well. Okay. Yeah, I'd say we pride ourselves in applying a regulatory regime with thorough oversight of the captive market, ensuring that we are pragmatic in our approach, but apply the very necessary risk-based supervision uh, approach and initiatives to ensure our captives are being run prudently, efficiently, and maintain the ability to pay, to pay the policyholders. Okay, thank you. And you know, are you seeing any growth trends in the captive industry? You know, in particular, are there any industry sectors that are growing faster than others? How do you feel? That's a question open to anybody. What I'm seeing more so is not necessarily an industry-focused growth, but more so an exposure growth, where we're seeing more so uh, companies having difficulty placing certain exposures in the market for instance property um, is one of the the areas where we're seeing a lot of difficulty with um, companies placing that in the commercial market so then they'll utilize their captives to help fill any gaps that are left or in exclusions and why would they be facing it's probably a stupid question but why would they be facing difficulty in placing it it just has to do with what's happening in terms of the pricing of that risk maybe previous uh Losses that have been experienced within the market have then driven how the, the risk is then priced. Um, we're seeing that even from a COVID-19 perspective, how the market looks differently okay. um, pre and post COVID in terms of how risks are um, priced within right. the commercial market. So it's, it's really, and, and this is something that we've been seeing throughout. Um, the market was hardening before, but I would say after COVID-19, we just 
basically landed in a hard market. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and sorry, if, if I may add, um, I did a bit of research. <laughs> um, so according to the business insurance published in March 2023, total number of captives worldwide increased by about 2% in 2022 um, to 6,191 captives. And okay. this trend will likely continue through in 2023. Um, there is definitely accruing uh, interest in farming captives. At Okorian, uh, we have seen a lot of increase from the energy sector in particular. And this is mainly driven by, um, as uh, Unique mentioned, the higher insurance premiums and deductibles in the latest insurance renewal cycle. And companies, because of this, companies are driven to form captives so they can take more control of their insurance programs, control their costs, and fill coverage gaps. And in many cases, companies farm captives to provide for coverage that is difficult to procure, too expensive, or excluded by the commercial insurance market. For example, uh, we have been advising a client that is having difficulties finding adequate insurance coverage for its oil storage facility in the hurricane-prone area. So currently, this company is in the process of farming a captive to address this insurance need. Okay. I guess one line I can add to it, we're seeing significant focus or growing focus in the cyberspace. Um, yes. So a lot of companies are either exploring how they can position their captives to address that need or expanding the use of their captive in the cyber line. Um, just in the year 2020, we, had, we saw a significant increase of 42% over the prior year in gross premiums written. And um, basically, we expect that the numbers will continue to grow. Um, the, the, the exposure, as these guys have mentioned, um, has been hard to place, either capacity issues, pricing issues. Um, it might be a scenario where a certain layer has been difficult to achieve this um, renewal period, and they might look to place it into the captive. Or again, it might just be an enhancement or a further use of that captive in that specific line. Okay, no, thank you for that. And perhaps I'll pick on Irish a bit more now here. <laughs> From your perspective or Okorian's perspective, every year the BMA publishes stats about new captives that have entered the markets. Um, are we on a growth trajectory when it comes to new captive formations? And also perhaps you could tell me about existing captives in Bermuda. Sure. So I did my research again. <laughs> that's, why that's why I'm picking on you. <laughs> um, so in 2022, the BMA registered 18 class 1, 2, and 3 insurers, which is higher than the 17 registrations in 2021. Although it's just, you know, one insurer higher than 2021, I would still say that the captive insurance is on a growth trajectory, basing on the current insurance hard market and the emerging risk, as we have discussed in the earlier um, conversations. And further, Bermuda is still the preferred jurisdiction for captives. And in line with the increasing worldwide trend, I would say that the Bermuda captive industry is in a growth trajectory. And as for existing captives, the captive owner tends to be more comfortable with their captives and are more open to reimagining their captives and including other lines and other layers to their existing coverage. So that's my perspective on Okay. This. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Now, I'm going to pick on something that you talk, just said there for a moment. Um, you said that Bermuda is a prefer, prefer, ah, preferred jurisdiction. Uh, obviously, I've discussed that several times before, but I haven't had 
three wonderful guests, including somebody from the Bermuda Regulatory Authority here sitting here. So perhaps you could, Yannick and uh, Timay, just offer some words of why Bermuda is a, ju- is a preferred jurisdiction. Okay, I can take that one. Uh, I can start with that one, I should say. Um, the captive concept started here. So there, the, the um, infrastructure that exists within Bermuda is second to none in terms of managing captives, in terms of servicing captives, and in terms of regulating captives. Um, what we can also say is that uh, the location helps a lot in terms of uh, where Bermuda is geographically. And also the different, uh, the collaboration that the Bermuda Monetary Authority has with the industry as well as with the government, uh, the collaboration that exists in terms of the issuance of new regulations, the fact that there are consultation papers that are issued prior and, and the industry does get involved in that. So there's a, there's a lot of comfort, uh, I would say, with uh, Bermuda as a, as a domicile because you can see that there is a stable environment. You can see that the regulations are pretty much uh, respected and followed, and there's a lot of compliance that actually occurs. But I'll hand over to um, to me to expand on that. Sure. Thank you, Unique. Um, so I would add the quality service providers pool, um, the access to the reinsurance markets, um, and certainly within the BMA, we pride ourselves on the pragmatic approach the collaborative effort with the market, build, continuously building those relationships. Um, we offer um, early meetings to ensure that we understand what the company's strategy is. Um, we want to speak to them early in the process if they're making any changes. Um, and we like to be collaborative as far as the consultation papers Unique mentioned. While we must move within our regulatory remit um, and ensure that certain policies and requirements are introduced to the market based on the evolution of the market. Um, we certainly want to ensure that the market has input okay. in the requirements as we um, as we establish them. You know, through every podcast that I've hosted, I, I ask every guest the same question, why Bermuda is a jurisdiction. I always feel it's very important to continue to highlight what an amazing jurisdiction we have here in Bermuda and all the different opportunities we have on offer. So... Thank you for for answering that question for me. So I'd like to move on and understand more about the regulator's role, the Bermuda Monetary Authority. So again, a question for you, Timay. How, or rather, has the BMA introduced any new regulatory measures to enable innovation in the captive industry? Sure, thank you. Um, Bermuda is known for its history of innovation. Um, we We noted earlier the first captive was established here over 60 years ago. Our regime allows for innovative type structures, addressing both traditional and emerging risks to sit comfortably within the captive classes. As the market evolves, we adjust the regime accordingly to ensure oversight over key aspects of the companies operating in the jurisdiction. However, we are keen to offer alternatives um, in the introduction of new classes and requirements that would meet the needs of others um, in the innovative space. So in 2018, We introduced our regulatory sandbox and innovation hub frameworks, in addition to introducing new new classes of insurance licenses that were aimed at allowing companies to support and pursue innovative solutions, including addressing climate change risks and the associated protection gap. The BMA also works with climate change risk solution service providers within the financial services sector through our innovation hub. 
Um, we've also created fully licensable tracks for these companies to graduate into should they successfully test their novel ideas during the sandbox stint. Uh, Bermuda now offers innovative insurance licenses for PNC classes. Um, so those are our IIGB and IILT classes. Um, so that's the innovative insurer general business and innovative insurer long term. Um, these structures allow the right companies to explore options within the Bermuda insurance market where innovation is encouraged and met with a sophisticated supervisory framework tailored to provide oversight of any business being underwritten by market participants. Okay, thank you. I'm glad you remembered all those acronyms. Those are tough. <laughs> okay, so we, we've touched, we've talked a little bit, or rather you've all talked a little bit about emerging risks. Perhaps we hone in on those a little bit more. Uh, how is the captive industry responding to new and emerging risks such as cyber risk, AI, artificial intelligence, digital assets, climate change? There's a lot going on in the world right now. So question for each of you. I guess I can say, um, as indicated in our conversations with the market, the industry is responding with varying speed to new and emerging risks. Um, those with a specific innovative need are coming to us to discuss in very early stages their planned approach to address unique risks. Those long-established captives are further considering using their captives in spaces such as cyber and climate change to bridge the protection gaps and address capacity issues in the hard market, citing significant rate increases. Those operating within the cryptocurrency space will be fairly new players embarking on addressing more recent challenges, such as custody exposure and others considering unique aspects of an older risk as the market evolves. Captives are being utilized in enhanced ways to achieve operational efficiencies for the organization. Um, so we've learned of our captives and their parents' sophisticated strategies to address ESG considerations, which vary by sector and per captive. So those have been really interesting discussions. Um, innovative structures are being developed to combat increasing focus, I'm sorry, increasing losses impacting vulnerable communities. Additionally, we have seen our captives respond resiliently to unforeseen risks such as the pandemic and those writing new aspects of a line of business not previously considered as the nature of their business shifts following a major event. Okay, thank you. And from an industry perspective to Yannick and Irish. Sure. So um, what we've seen, as, as Timmy mentioned, uh, cyber coming up, of course, as emerging risk, I would say that would probably be one of the longer tail ones, meaning okay. it has been in conversations for several years. And now we're actually seeing more and more captives are actually writing it. And that's right. just a demonstration of the industry basically getting its head around or understanding that risk in more detail. Yes. So on that basis, AI, I don't, we, we wouldn't see risk going through right now in terms of um, that being written by captives, but you'll start seeing conversations about that so that the market can start getting a little bit more comfortable with that. And then on that basis, also digital assets, we've seen, an uptick or an increase in um, captives being formed in that space, whether it be through the IIGB class that Tami just mentioned or IILT, as well as um, companies within the space actually forming traditional captives to cover, uh, I would say, like crime insurance, species insurance, and, and specific type of risks that are experienced within a digital asset space. ESG continues to be a, a very big conversation. <laughs> yes. And it will continue, I think, to be a big conversation. And what uh, I would say companies are understanding or realizing is that they can use the captive to help 
achieve their ESG initiatives, whether it be through funding, using the captive to fund those initiatives, or um, perhaps help with coverage gaps. So it's, it's really just a way of using the captive to to respond to any of the needs of the, the parent with, okay. within any scenario and just being adaptable. Right. Okay, so great agility is required. It, definitely. Oh, Another yeah. risk that we're seeing as well, I, I forgot to mention, is we're seeing more conversations about employee benefits, yes. and pension risk. That okay. that that is definitely something that so we're seeing. So tell me, explain that of. to me a little bit. So em- employee benefits, and I would say specifically pension risk. We're, we're seeing companies um, trying to use their captive to transform that risk to say uh, access the reinsurance market. Okay. So that would be co- considered a longevity swap, right? Where the the captive um, reinsures a fronting insurer. So the fronting insurer insures the um, the parent company. The captive reinsures the fronting insurer, and then that flows into the reinsurance retrocession market. Okay. And that's the way of just having the captive access that market, right. and it helps them to manage that risk. So we're seeing a lot more conversations like that happening. Okay. All right. Thank you. And Irish. Thank you. And just to echo what um, Timmy and Yannick mentioned, captives allow companies to customize their coverage to address specific risks, including the mentioned emerging risks such as climate risk climate change risk, and cyber risk. By assuming some of the risk themselves through the captive, companies actually are incentivized to manage this risk and implement risk reduction strategies within the organization. And um, in terms of digital assets, the value of digital assets such as digital art and cryptocurrencies um, are estimated to be close to $2 trillion globally. The The insurance industry has recognized the need to provide coverage for the risk associated with holding these types of assets. And captives can help with cost and stability of insurance program that cover this risk. And last item would be the artificial intelligence risk. They're evolving alongside with the technology itself. Insurance coverage options for this risk vary and may be very limited in the traditional insurance market. And captives could help address some of the unique coverage challenges that may come with any technology. Okay, thank you, very succinct. So my final question to everybody, are you ready? (laughs) I hear a lot uh, about the partnership between the industry and the BMA as being unique characteristics of the Bermuda marketplace. Now, earlier I had questioned you why Bermuda is a jurisdiction. I'd now like to have a finale on the unique characteristics and that relationship. So if I could ask each of you for just really finishing comments and if you could comment on that, please. So perhaps I'll start with Timay. Sure. Um, We continue to build on our relationship with the industry. And through this relationship, we can gauge both interests and concerns of the market. So as we embark on a number of new initiatives, we will liaise with the market via industry associations and seek feedback through consultation papers and discussions. Um, ahead of major activity, we encourage companies to seek our input as early in the process as possible to ensure we have a thorough understanding of the planned activity and likewise the company receive a thorough understanding of our regulatory approach to the changes and impact on the risk profile of the company, such as suitability of license class. In addition, we maintain these relationships by encouraging meetings and calls with the companies to share strategic updates, both from the company and that of the BMA. Um, and it is through this that we are focused on being an accessible, pragmatic regulator um, and enhancing those relationships with the market. Okay, thank you. And again, coming to the industry, I'll begin with Yannick, please. 
to me, covered everything. <laughs> <laughs> so in, in my experience um, in working with the regulator, uh, as, as Timmy mentioned, uh, the consultation paper certainly in that process is very helpful. And in just working through what new regulations exist or any or changes to existing regulations. And it is helpful to not only um, for us to understand what's coming down the pipeline, but also for us to help our clients um, better be, be prepared in um, adhering to those regulations. Okay. Um, as someone who's also a part of the formation of, of entities within Bermuda, it is very helpful that we are able to... Uh, arrange meetings with the regulator and actually discuss those new formations or new companies coming in, what their what their remit is, and um, also helping us to navigate the regulatory framework in not only um, speaking with our clients as it relates to navigating that, that particular regulation, but also ensuring that they adhere to it. So I would say because the BME is open, open for business, pragmatic, um, and literally they collaborate so well within the industry. I, I do think that it's very helpful in um, having new entrants and, and more companies form here and stay here. Yes, thank you. Very important to stay here. Mm -hmm. And Irish? I would actually like to commend the BMA for having an open line of communication and encouraging dialogues with the insurers. I think that is the main driver of the partnership. In fact, other captive domiciles are trying to imitate the BMA's openness to dialogue. Um, and as uh, both of them mentioned, um, the one concrete example of this partnership is the release of consultation papers on upcoming changes in the regulation. Um, the BMA, obviously, they have to maintain its world-class regulation and to be agile to changes in the industry, while at the same time, they're still open to accommodate the industry's perspective on such changes. And as an insurance manager, being able to have a dialogue with a BMA is a big advantage that our clients in Aquarian appreciate. Okay, thank you. Well, I'd like to thank my three guests, Yannick Miller, Irish Aleria, and Timé Flood for coming on today's podcast on the RG Business Navigate series podcast. I'd also like to thank Aeon and Aquarian for being the sponsors of this podcast. I am Shivani Sait, and I've been your host. You've been listening to the RG Podcast Network and the RG Business Navigate series with host Shivani Seth. Check the Royal Gazette for the next episode. Thank you for listening.